Hey there, it's Debbie, and welcome to Playback Friday. Most Fridays, I re release one of my favorite conversations from the archive. So, unless you're a longtime listener of the show, there's a good chance you haven't heard this one yet. And even if you have, you just might get something completely different from it listening to it this time around. I've had some success in my life, right? I'm not a trillionaire or anything like that, but I've, I've done okay. I sold a couple of companies, I've done all right. And so, I've just always been of the belief that if you have any modicum of success, you have a responsibility to send the elevator back down. And so for me, this is the best way I know how to do it. To explain to kids and other people, hey, I'm not, you're not broken. And these things that everyone has been telling you are bad things are actually tremendous gifts. And I want you to understand that and embrace that. Welcome to the Tilt Parenting Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber, and today I'm excited to bring to the podcast Peter Shankman, a multiple startup founder, best-selling author, and creator of Faster Than Normal, a leading ADD, ADHD podcast focusing on the benefits of being gifted with ADHD, which also happens to describe Peter. Peter's new book, Faster Than Normal, Turbocharge Your Focus, Productivity, and Success with the Secrets of the ADHD Brain, comes out today. So we're going to be talking about that, along with getting really deep into Peter's personal story, specifically how he's learned to not only manage his ADHD, but tap into the many gifts that come along with his diagnosis. As the mama of a boy with ADHD, I loved this conversation and Peter's infectiously positive attitude in the way he moves through the world. But even if your child doesn't have ADHD or perhaps isn't even differently wired at all, Peter's perspective on the importance of self-knowledge and setting yourself up for success, as well as his ideas around productivity and creativity are messages everyone can benefit from. Before I get into the episode, did you know that some of the production costs for the podcast are being offset by generous donations from listeners like you? I'm now able to outsource my final post-production costs, which is fantastic and so very appreciated. My goal is to eventually have all the post-production tasks outsourced. If you'd like to help us reach our goal, please consider supporting us through our Patreon campaign. Patreon is a simple membership platform that allows listeners like you to make a small monthly contribution, as little as $2 a month, to fund our efforts. If you want to help us, visit patreon.com slash tiltparenting. And now I'll get on with the show. Hey, Peter, welcome to the podcast. Pleasure to be here, Debbie. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm really excited to have you on the show. I'm a fan of your podcast, and I'm sure a lot of uh, the parents in our community are as well. And before we talk about what you're doing with your podcast and your new book, I'd love if you could just tell us a little bit about the highlights of your childhood with ADHD and, and maybe some of the the moments along the way that kind of led you to where you are today with this project. Yeah, I mean, so when I was growing up, uh, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and we didn't have ADHD. It wasn't called ADHD. It was called sit down, you're disrupting the class disease. <laughs> and, you know, every report card and a lot of notes from the teacher in between those report cards were usually um, needs to pay attention, needs to focus, needs to stop interrupting the class, things like that. And um, it was sort of just who I was. And I was fortunate enough that I had some artistic talent, musical talent, and I got into high school of performing arts, the fame school, where everyone was a little weird and uh, a little crazy. And so I went there and 
you know, still was was definitely socially awkward. I had the social uh, acuity of a, of, a, of a hedgehog. But, you know, I learned a little bit more about myself there. And it didn't really kick in until probably in my late 20s, early 30s, when I sort of got over my social awkwardness and realized there were better ways to be a human being. But throughout all that time, I never thought I had ADHD. I never thought I was different. I just was me, you know, didn't think uh, was anything different about it. But what I didn't know at the time was I was figuring out ways to be better, ways to act better, ways to work better, ways to live better. And all the things that were doing, I just thought that they were just me being told I was weird, strange and different and not normal. And it was those kind of things, though, that led me to eventually realizing when I finally did get diagnosed in my mid-30s, like, holy crap, I have been self-medicating for 20 plus years, but in a healthy way. I've essentially been I've been figuring out and implementing ways to create the serotonin, dopamine, and adrenaline that my body doesn't produce because I have ADHD naturally, you know? So I wasn't like going on cocaine binges or anything stupid like that. I was, you know, I became a licensed skydiver. I have over 400 jumps. I've done Ironman triathlons. I figured out a way to turn my, I've never had a real job. I had one real job in my life with America Online and, and I've been on my own for the last 19 years. And I could never imagine working for someone else because that's sort of just how I, how I live and how I exist. And and in doing that, you have to create sort of these rules and these rituals and regulations for yourself that you have to follow, otherwise you're in trouble. So what I realized is that I've been doing all that. I've been managing my, self-managing my ADHD uh, without meds, not that I'm against meds, but just without them, in a way that's not only worked for me, but been incredibly lucrative and beneficial. I've started and sold three companies, the biggest of which being Help a Reporter Out or Harrow, which sort of fundamentally changed how journalists and sources connect. I've been on, I'm on countless boards. I'm an angel investor. I've done... I run a mastermind group for 200 entrepreneurs. I have what will be in October five books coming out. So, you know, I, I find ways to use this sort of faster brain to my advantage. And then, of course, about a year and a half ago, I launched the Faster Than Normal podcast, which is currently the number one podcast for ADHD on iTunes that focuses on ADHD as a gift, not a purse. It's the basic premise from uh, Alice in Wonderland where, the, yes, have I gone mad? And the answer is, I'm afraid so. You're entirely bonkers. But I'll tell you a secret. All the best people are. That's great. I I love that story. I'm excited to play this for my son, who just turned 13, and ADHD is one of his diagnoses. And we were just talking this morning about that he is a multi-passionate person. He has so many interests, and that's probably his biggest frustration right now is getting distracted on his own and, and not making the progress he wants to see on all these things he wants to do. But I love hearing your story and how you're living it all. And it's going to be so inspiring. It's really awesome. Thank you. I mean, I, I, I think I'm very fortunate. I'm very lucky. I've had a lot of fun. For me, you know, like I said, I've just, I, I've just every day I wake up, I'm like, I cannot believe that this is my life, that I get to do this, that I get to do everything that I do and that I'm enjoying it and I'm actually making a living at it. It's, it's pretty awesome. It sounds pretty awesome. Before we talk more about your podcast in the book, just in hearing your story and knowing that my audience is comprised of parents who are raising, you know, what I call differently wired kids, a lot of whom have ADHD. I'm curious to know how your parents were with who you were as a kid. I mean, a lot of the parents in my community are getting that feedback from schools. A lot of them end up pulling their kids out to homeschool them because they just can't find a way for their child to feel good about who they are and the way that they show up in the classroom. You know, how did your parents handle that at the time? My parents were both musicians and music teachers. And so they were already in the arts and things like that. They knew that I was uh, different from an early age. They didn't so much try to rein me in 
as much as they told people that I was, or that they told me that, you know, I was different. And while that's great, and it's great to be different, I also need to understand that, you know, being different, while it's good, it's not necessarily, it's going to cause you some issues because not everyone accepts that. But if you continue on and you keep surviving and you do everything you could do, it's worth it. You know, and, and I'm very fortunate. My mom, my mom's favorite line about me was he marches to the beat of a different drummer. And um, that really was everything I did. You know, and, and it was tough. I mean, I won't lie. Uh, uh, junior high sucked, man. Oh, my God, it sucked. It was terrible. I was, I was mercilessly teased and abused and beaten up and everything by, by kids. And, you know, when you're different, especially, you know, when you're a kid, when you're in, in your teenage, early teenage years, when you're different, that's wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I was certainly not like everyone else and then many friends. But the payoff of that has been over the top. And I, I look at kids and I'm just, there's a, there was a hashtag a couple of years ago for teenagers. It, it gets better. Yeah, yeah. And oh my God, it just, it gets so much better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so much better. Yeah. I was uh, talking with another mom today of a middle schooler and we were just discussing those years really are just socially, I think the most challenging and for kids who are moving through the world in a different way, that is, you don't want to be different at, at those particular ages. No question about it. You know, it's, it's funny. I look back on it now and, and you know, the majority of the stuff out there was, was um, that I was worried about as a kid was probably pointless. But, you know, it does suck when you're not like everyone else at that age. And your only job is really to be social, right? You're, you're in junior high. Your only job is to be social. And if, you're, if you suck at that, you're not going to do too well. And so it was I was kind of ostracized at that. But again, everyone says, oh, if you had a time machine, what would you change? Like, not a thing. Because what I learned from that, right, the stuff that I learned in junior high, that still sticks with me today. And that's a, a responsible for a lot of my success. Well, I love that you also, you know, you're obviously a natural problem solver and and a very curious person to to do what you've done and also to to do this self-managing, which is pretty phenomenal. And I know that that's a lot of what you talk and write about. But would you mind sharing with us what some of your most effective strategies would be? Oh, or maybe when you were younger, and then I'm sure they changed as you've gotten older, but especially for those who are choosing not to medicate or looking for alternative ways to manage their ADHD symptoms, or at least not have them hold them back. What would have been some of the best strategies for you? Okay, so when I was a kid, I literally was just surviving by the skin of my teeth. I wasn't thriving, I was surviving. And it wasn't until I got older that I realized the things I was doing could actually, if I just tweaked them a little bit, could be beneficial. But the things I do now, my day has to start with a workout. That is not up to bait. Seven days a week, it, it could be a small workout. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to go and, and train the hardest I've ever trained for, for the hardest race I've ever done every single day, but I have to do something. I have to sweat. I have to get my breath up because that right there is starting off my day by giving me the dopamine, the serotonin, and the adrenaline I need to be able to focus. On days that I don't work out, you know, if I'm on an overnight flight or something like that, I feel it. I feel the difference. And so, you know, this morning, I've been up since 4 a.m. I was I took a Peloton class this morning. Um, I have a, a four-year-old daughter who's with me half the week, and the times that I'm with her, I have a Peloton class in my room. In my, I have a Peloton bike in my apartment. The times I'm not with her, I'm either at the gym lifting or taking or cycling in, in Central Park or occasionally taking live classes. So I had a live class at 6 a.m. this morning. It was great. There were like 10 people in the class. It was totally empty. We had a blast. Played great music. I walked out of there 10 to 7. You know, 7 o'clock, I was showered. I was dressed. I was like high as a kite, right? Those endorsements, they're still with me right now. It's three hours later, I'm still do-do-do-do-do, you know. So that's that's what you want right so so the first thing i'd say is you know find the time to exercise whether you're a kid whether you're in school whatever it is even if it's just even if it's just getting to school and running around find the time to do it and then i followed up 
So the second thing I would say, um, a big thing for me is what you eat, what you put in your mouth. It's funny, we have we have kids as young as five years old being uh, diagnosed with ADHD and being put on amphetamines, uh, Adderall, Ritalin. You know, and there's some kids who definitely need that. There's no question about it. I'm not anti-med, but I think I think we're well we're well over-diagnosing or well over-prescribing these medications. You know, maybe the kid's running around, you know, because he's I don't know five. You know, and maybe <laughs> instead of uh, putting him on uh, drugs to get a five-year-old to behave like a 45-year-old, maybe instead of feeding him three bowls of frosted sugar bombs every morning, you give him eggs, protein, right, some mm-hmm. veggies in the morning, and then you let him run around for a half hour instead of putting him in front of the television. You know, then have him go to school and see the difference. You know, the amount of things that I've been able to do for myself that have been massively, that have massively shifted how my brain works and how I work and how productive I am and, and how happy I am are not like hugely massive things. They're little tiny things like exercising, like eating healthier. I quit drinking. Not that, not, not that I'm assuming that, you know, 12 year olds are drinking, but who knows? But I quit drinking just because I understand that I don't have the ability to moderate. And looking back on it now in junior high, I, I didn't. I, if I had something I wanted to say, I said it. I shared it, right? Because it was the most important thing. I had to share it. You know, I joke with my friends. I have I have two speeds. I have namaste and I'll cut it. <laughs> and that's basically it, right? And so because of that, you know, remember the movie War Games that came out in the 80s or the, oh, where the yeah. computer, computer learned to prevent nuclear war? The only winning move was not to play. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my life. There are things I don't do because I know they won't end well. Have I ever, did I ever have a drinking problem? Was I ever going out and getting wasted in drunk driving or, you know, or uh, embezzling. Of course not. But I don't have one drink. I have six drinks. And for me, it's just easier not to have one. And so that to me was a real sort of wake up call in terms of how you treat yourself. You, it's the oxygen mask theory. You can't take care of anyone else until you're taking care of yourself. And so the best thing you can do, the best way you can focus your time, whether you're 10 years old or whether you're 50, is to make sure you're taking the best care of you before anything else. There's so much more to maintaining a healthy gut microbiome than eating a balanced and healthy diet, travel, certain medications, and of course, something many of us have plenty of in our daily life, stress, are just some of the other factors that can totally throw off our systems. Enter Ritual. They created Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Their supplement includes two of the world's most clinically studied probiotic strains to support the relief of mild and occasional bloating, gas, and diarrhea. I like Symbiotic Plus because it delivers all this goodness in one single nested minty delayed released capsule designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract. And because the capsules don't require refrigeration, I just keep them on my desk so that I get that helpful visual cue every morning. Plus, they're easy to bring with me when I travel. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. We just celebrated our two-year anniversary of Gotcha Day when we adopted our sweet Haskell, my cat who acts like a dog, plays fetch, and who I'm pretty sure has sensory processing differences. Are you getting a new pet soon? That means you'll need to think about getting the necessities like food, toys, a bed. Something you may not be thinking about, though, is pet insurance. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. 
The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are, because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash parenting. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. That's great. I, I saw that you've had Hal Elrod on your podcast. and yeah, love Hal. Yeah, Asher and I have been doing the Miracle Morning for about a year and a half now. And just implementing that has been so helpful for him, you know, for both of us, of course, yep. but but for him to really be intentional, which seems like it's a big piece of it. How old is your son? He just turned 13. You should get the, uh, the, the, there's a great big book of affirmations that is also written by Hal and I had a woman named Brianna Greenstein and um, it's a coloring book. I don't know if your son still colors, but my four-year-old and I, we, we take these pages and the affirmations, we color an affirmation, we hang it on our wall and every night we say all the affirmation. That's awesome. Thank you for that tip. So, all right, let's talk about your podcast. So um, you've, you've talked about it a little bit. Tell us how often it comes out and what kind of people you bring on and, and what you're hoping it contributes to the conversation. The podcast, Faster Than Normal, is the basic premise that if you look at celebrities and you look at CEOs and you look at people who have been successful, the majority of them have ADHD or some form of it. So the podcast interviews these people. We've had everyone from Tony Robbins to Seth Godin to Cameron Harold to the chief of staff to the mayor of Boston uh, Keith Crouch, who founded DocuSign, Dave Nealman, who founded JetBlue, you know, really phenomenal people of all walks of life, all of whom have done incredible things with their lives, and they blame it or, or, or attribute it to their ADHD. And it's basically, we listen to them, we, the interviews are 20 minutes, each podcast is 20 minutes long, because, well, ADD, and we focus on the things that they do that makes them successful, and we hopefully implement that. We've had doctors, and we've had school psychologists, and people like that on the program, we've had kids on the, on the, on the program as well, who, who tell us about their day, but it's phenomenal. I'm so happy I started it. And it's such, it's so great to get emails from people. It's like, oh my God, it's changed my life. And it, it's nice. And so from that, I was contacted by a ran, random house about a year and a half ago, uh, or about a year ago to write a book. And so faster than normal, the book comes out October 3rd. And it's the, the website for that is actually faster than normal book.com. So I'm really psyched about that. Yeah. And listeners, I will make sure that the links for Peter's podcast and the book are on the show notes page. And, and actually, hopefully this is going to be airing right around the time the book comes out. Awesome. So and the book is that kind of your inside scoop for how people with ADHD can maximize their potential? Yeah, it's, you know, we don't, it's, it's two things. It's the premise of how you can people with ADHD can maximize their potential. But it's also for regular people. It's for people who might not have ADHD, but who just want to get four hours a day in their life back. Right. You know, the, the tips and tricks that I give in there, both from me and from other successful people who are managing their ADHD, apply to anyone. You know, there's a reason that President Obama had a total of three suits and he wore them over and over again. Uh, there's a reason that Zuckerberg wears his hoodie all the time. I have two sides to my closet, one side and they're labeled. One side says office slash travel and the other side says speaking slash TV. The office slash travel side has T-shirts, jeans. The speaking slash TV side has button down shirts, jackets, jeans. That's it, 
right? I have tons of gorgeous suits, like fine pieces made in Italy, and I wear those, you know, Jewish high holidays and all that. You know where I keep those? I keep those in my daughter's closet, along with sweaters and vests. And that, because if I had to go in every morning, okay, what should I wear? Hmm. Oh my God, that's, I remember that sweater. Laura gave me that sweater. I wonder how Laura, I should look. It's three hours later, I'm naked in the living room on Facebook and I haven't left the house. Right? So I eliminate choice. The ability to eliminate choice in your life is the greatest thing in the world. And right there, literally will save you an hour a day. I, stupid things like, you know, I, I corporate keynote speak all around the world and my contract is very simple. I'll speak, you'll pay me and pay my expenses. Literally, that's my contract, except in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, I have a writer in my contract that says, Client will only do a 12.30 p.m. keynote. And I will not have to be on the ground in Las Vegas for, from wheels down to wheels up for more than eight hours. So I fly in on a 6 a.m. flight in New York. I get in at 10 a.m. I do a 12.30 keynote. I'm on a 4 p.m. flight home. Why? Because if I had to go do a morning or an evening keynote, I'd have to spend a night in Vegas. Nothing good is going to come out of my spending a night unsupervised in Vegas. <laughs> Am I going to go blow my child's college fund? No, probably not. But why I'll give myself that opportunity, right? I, I, I've said this before publicly. I believe that on any given day, Myself, people like me, but specifically myself, I can't speak for others, are about three bad decisions in a row away from being a junkie in the street. Now, am I going to leave here and go out and buy heroin? No, of course not. I have absolutely zero desire to do that. I can't imagine doing that. But living the life that you lead with a faster brain requires you to simply be aware. Be aware of yourself and be aware that that first decision, which might seem incredibly benign, could lead you down a road. You know, it's the question of, oh, well, you know, again, look, look at drinking again. I'm smart enough to know that I don't have one drink. One drink might lead to six drinks. Now, when I used to drink, it fortunately, nothing ever came of that. I'd have six drinks. I'd go home. I'd feel like crap. But even feeling like crap, I'd wake up the next morning. I wouldn't work out because I felt like crap. If I wouldn't, didn't work out, well, you know, I already didn't work out. I, I feel like crap. Let me order some bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches to get rid of my hangover, you know, get rid of my, well, okay, well, I did that. Now it's lunch. Oh, I might as well order a pizza. I'm not going to go to the gym. Screw it. Let's have a drink. I, all of a sudden, this is a, a two-week cheat day. Mm -hmm. That's not okay, right? With these faster brains, you do everything, and it just becomes, there are great aspects to it. Hey, I want to start a company. Great, an hour later, I started a company. The downside of that is that that same speed can be used negatively, so you just need to be aware. And you know, one of the things I think that parents need to sort of make sure their kids understand, those who have ADHD, I mean, every kid, but those who have ADHD, is that because we're so fast, we do things that could mess us up a lot quicker than regular people. I, I know people who go out, have several drinks, have a great time, go home, and they go to bed. I, you know, it's like, best story I can give you, um, I work in a, a shared office space. It's like a Regis, you know, that you, you rent a, I have a small office where I can close the door and just focus. My next door neighbor does something in fashion. I don't know what she does, but every Friday she has, she has two employees, and every Friday she orders a pizza for her and the two employees. And they always have leftovers. And they, for like a month, she comes in, Peter, we have leftover pizza. Would you like some leftover pizza? And I finally looked at her, I said, um, Desiree, I, I thank you so much, but I, you keep saying the words leftover pizza. I don't understand what that is. <laughs> leftover pizza is not a real thing, right? When I order a pizza, I, I, I eat the pizza. There's no let. That's not a, that's like leftover wine, right? And so, and she laughed, but you know, that's, that's how my brain works. And so I have to understand that. Mm -hmm. I have to be aware of that. And I have to avoid, you know, I don't keep there are apps where you can order food and have food delivered. And once you do it, you just click one button and the same order appears, right? The next thing. I don't, I, I don't keep that app on my phone. Right. Because it's, too easy. it's like, yeah, you know, I can make this healthy chicken. Oh, let's just order pizza. No, I, see, you have to understand yourself. And I think that it is uh, incumbent upon parents 
who know whether they have it or whether their kids have it, hey, your brains are a little different and you need to be aware of this because there are certain things you can't do like everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I mean, that's a big message that that we share here and that certainly I drum into my child. And it personally, it's important to me too. Self-knowledge, I really think it is is everything. And especially when you can acquire that as a young person, you know, I feel like Asher knows himself better than most of the adults in my life, which is That's wonderful. Yeah, pretty cool. I wanted to ask you about stigma for a second. That is mm-hmm. something that we're also trying to bust here. You know, I, my kind of big picture vision is to just change the way difference is perceived and discussed in the world. And I, a lot of parents are shy about their child's diagnosis or being open about what's going on. That's not how we play at all here. But for some reason, ADHD seems to be one of those diagnoses that is more maligned than other neurodifferences. And I'm just wondering what your thoughts are. I mean, you're obviously very open and proud of who you are. It's such a great role model for so many people. Was that something you had to kind of come to terms with? And was that a conscious choice? So look, I've had some success in my life, right? I'm not a trillionaire or anything like that, but I've, I've done okay. I, I sold a couple of companies. I've done all right. And so I've just always been of the belief that if you have any modicum of success, you have a responsibility to send the elevator back down. And so for me, this is the best way I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. To explain to kids and other people, hey, I'm not, you're not broken. And these things that everyone has been telling you are bad things are actually tremendous gifts. And I want you to understand that and embrace that. I love that. And yes, not broken, not deficits in need of fixing. This is just different in who we are. Do you have a lot of kids and teens who listen to your podcast? Yeah, uh, we do. And a lot of parents as well who 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 tell their kids, hey, you should listen to this. And um, that just thrills me. And we've had a couple of kids, a couple of teenagers on the show as well as guests. Um, There's a great one with Emma Havinghost, who uh, I think the title of that one is um, Do Not Disturb is My Best Friend. We've had some, some, they, they, they give really, really good advice. That's awesome. Well, let me ask you one last question before we head off. And that is for the parents who are listening. Do you have advice for those parents on how they can best support who their kids are, especially when they're in the elementary, middle school years? And, you know, they might be getting the message a lot that they're, they're wrong or they're, you know, oh, they're doing yeah. it. Yeah. Just know that they're not broken. They're not broken. There's nothing wrong with them. They have a different brain, and it works differently, but differently is not bad. A very good friend of mine is a um, currently a PhD at Stanford. Like, studying stuff on, on she's, she's doing her PhD on uh, the skin, and basically, as, as I'm, I'm smart enough to know that it's the skin, right? There's a lot more than that that I'm not smart enough to understand. She's doing stuff on the skin, okay? Got it. But she's massively ADHD, and if th- this is a girl who was like, she was the head cheerleader at Notre Dame. She's at Harvard, studying immunology, that's what it is, studying immunology, right, for her PhD, that's freaking brilliant. Mm-hmm. And she owns this because she uses her ADHD for, for, to her benefit. So that, to me, you know, I, I, you're not broken. And if you think you are, call me. I'll talk some sense into you. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Well, before we go, would you mind, again, just sharing your where people can reach you, the best places on social, or that people can connect with you? Yes, the podcast is FasterThanNormal.com. My name is Peter Shankman. I am at Peter Shankman on all of the socials, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. FasterThanNormal.com is the the podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. And then my website, Shankman.com. My email is Peter at Shankman.com. I answer all my own email personally. Wow. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And best of luck with the book. I cannot wait to get our copy. I'm sure that my son will devour it. And I'm sure it's going to be so useful to this community. And, and thanks for just putting it out into the world. Pleasure was mine. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, including links to Peter's podcast and his new book, Faster Than Normal, visit tiltparenting.com slash session 77. And a quick invitation to try our free Differently Wired 7-Day Challenge if you haven't done it yet. When you sign up, I'll email you a short inspirational video every day for one week with a tip you can incorporate into your life right away to shift your experience in a positive way. You'll also be invited to join a private Facebook group for people who've gone through or are currently doing the challenge. More than 700 people have gone through the challenge so far. It's free, it's ongoing, and it's designed to help you find more peace and confidence in your parenting journey today. To join, visit tiltparenting.com slash seven day. Lastly, if you like what you heard on today's episode, please consider subscribing or leaving a review on iTunes. Both things help our podcast get noticed in the crowded podcast space. Thanks again for listening. For more information on Tilt Parenting, visit www.tiltparenting.com. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.